Your girl is a homebody, so one of the best parts of the day for me is when I can come home, put on my comfy pajamas, get snuggled up on the couch, and enjoy something to drink while catching up on a TV show. The thing is, though, that I don't want to drink wine all the time because, though I love it, I'm no longer a huge wine drinker like I was back in the day. I have morning headaches and even inflammation to thank for that. So, to help fill that gap, I've been enjoying Recess Mood as a guilt-free way to unwind. Recess Mood really is a vibe y'all there are only 20 calories per serving no added sugar and it's infused with stuff i like including mood lifting magnesium and stress balancing adaptogens which really helps me to relax after a high energy day recess mood has four delicious flavors to choose from my personal fave is strawberry rose if one of your goals in 2024 is to drink less alcohol this is the way Give Recess Mood a try today and see how relaxed it helps you feel. You deserve a healthier way to unwind. Head to takearecess.com forward slash self-care and get 15% off Recess Mood, your go-to alcohol replacement. Hey, welcome back to the Brown Girl Self-Care Podcast. Wow, I don't know why it feels like it's been forever since I've recorded a podcast episode when it was literally like a week ago, but girl, I'm just feeling like it's been forever that, that I've pressed record it's so strange um in any case yeah welcome back to the brown girl self-care podcast uh, my name is Bree. i am the host of the show as well as the founder of browngirlselfcare.com my mission on this show and um in running brown girl self-care is to center the care the healing the freedom the joy and abundance of black women like me and like you and i try my best to do it through a christian slash faith-based perspective, which um, has been an interesting experience overall, if I do say so myself. Now, um, first of all, before we get into today's episode, which I'm, man, this episode was just like so on point because it's about healing. um, I wanted to shout out someone, a couple of people that left some reviews for me or for the show on iTunes, five-star reviews. And I cannot tell you how much I appreciate the comments that you leave um, when you leave your ratings because they really help me. They help me to keep going. They help me to feel like what I am creating in this space as I continue kind of navigating all this. It makes me feel like I am seen and I am heard and I am understood and, um, that, that I'm valued, and that's very important to me. So first one, um, shout out to Joyce Renee. She says, thank you so much. This podcast is absolutely everything. Thank you for always being so transparent, for being honest and mostly real. I love to listen, and the special guests are great. Thank you. Um, then I got one from Flagrant Fowl. <laughs> love that name. She says, hey, cousin, many of these topics really resonate with me i like how honest and open she is i call her my cousin because we share the same last name hey now (laughs) and the podcast gives me that warm feeling i'd have back in the day when i'd link up with my cousins and talk i miss those days thank you so much um and i'll do one more from jameer hopefully i'm saying that right uh and they say so glad i found this podcast it's like a breath of fresh air for this brown girl words i need to hear that are motivating, relatable, encouraging. So good that I couldn't keep it to myself. I shared it with my friends. Thank you and keep the episodes coming. Hey, 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 girl. Hey, girl. Um, For everyone that has left a review, I just want to say thank you so, so very much. So um, 
you, your comments are just appreciated. Just know that. I may not be able to, to read them all out online, but just know that they are very much appreciated. So today, today, I'm like dancing in my chair. I don't know why. Um, a month ago, I had the pleasure of speaking with a... Uh, a woman of just integrity and intelligence and I don't know she's just amazing her name is Kobe Campbell and she is a mom of two she is a wife she's a speaker she has a podcast actually too called the healing circle podcast that she does with her husband and she is also a Christian faith-based counselor which to me is just everything it's just everything when you can find someone that is in alignment with with your faith and um, they can resonate with, with what you're saying. It's just like everything. So uh, today she is going to be sharing with us. I actually had her on uh, in February, A Brown Girl Self-Care Live, which are monthly live sessions I have on Zoom where we talk about different topics pertaining to self-care. And so she's going to talk to us, or we're going to have a conversation around what trauma is, how do we receive it, like how to know if you've experienced trauma, and like ways that our relationships with our parents kind of shift the dynamics uh, that we have with our friendships and, and intimate partnerships and, and, and things like that. And then there's also going to be uh, one question that you're going to hear towards the end where a, a viewer on the session was able to to ask a question in relation to trauma and this is about 50 percent of the episode i try to keep i try my best to keep these episodes short and sweet though that isn't always possible the session actually went for like an hour maybe a little bit longer if you are a member of brown girl society you will be able to actually listen to the entire replay once it is uploaded in brown girl society so uh, if you're interested in joining and you're ready to invest in yourself for only $17.99, sorry, I got to do a little plug here. Um, you can center your joy, you can center your healing, and you can do it in a safe space with other amazing black women. Um, honestly, Brown Girl Society is life-changing, I, if I do say so myself, because it's an amazing group of women. And we just have the best freaking conversations. I am not even kidding. Like, the best conversations all around you know, self-care and, and as a black woman and taking care of ourselves and prioritizing our needs. So I'll leave the link to Brown Girl Society in the show notes if you are interested. And without further ado, here is the recording uh, with me and Kobe in front of a live listening audience. Go ahead and get your pen and paper handy so that you can take some notes and um, I'll see you on the other side. Let us know a little bit about you, Kobe. Yeah. and get started I'm so grateful that you're here thank you for having me I'm so grateful that I get to share this space with you guys I'm like super excited just seeing all these brown faces and pictures um I'm Kobe I am a mommy of two I have a two-year-old who's about to turn three I have a four-month-old just turned four months yesterday um I have an adorable husband I'm a twin um my husband's also a twin so my yes Yes, that's why people will be like, oh, are you going to try for a third? And we're like, no, God has been gracious. <laughs> he has been kind and my uterus cannot stretch any further. <laughs> okay, he cannot stretch any further. So um, yeah, though they're kind of, you know, the fuel for the fire in my life. Um, I'm a trauma therapist. I specialize in EMDR and 
I'm a licensed therapist here in Charlotte, North Carolina, not North Carolina, but Charlotte, and I provide services to Charlotte and the greater Charlotte area. Um, I have my practice here, and I'm just really excited to be able to serve and help people. My core demographic is Black women who are Christians. Um, really, my practice provides services to everybody, but that's just kind of the people who come. I do have a master's in Christian counseling along with my license. So I think that that by itself with the amazing city of Charlotte just kind of like created my own little niche, even when I thought I was just going to be, you know, giving therapy to everybody. Um, hey, Charlotte. Hey, hey, hey. That's awesome. Sorry, seeing some people in the chat. Um, so yeah, it's really awesome. I'm really excited to share resources specifically to Black women who, like you said, are the one woman shows of every part of their life, you know, of their personal life, sometimes even in relationships with other people, of their families, at work, carrying all these burdens and looking for a place of reprieve and looking for a place where they can just like breathe and be a human being. And that is what I love helping women discover it's how God is showing up for them and carrying the burden with them. Mm, I love that. So I'm going to tell you, you ladies right now, um, if you're wearing a wig, make sure you have it strapped on. Okay. Make sure your edges are oiled up properly. Okay. Yes. Yeah, get your oils out, you know, get, get your product and go ahead and get them edges all ready because I'm going to tell you right now, <laughs> Kobe is not about to play with us, okay? She's about to snatch you up with love, okay? You might hear some hard truths tonight, yeah. but these are the conversations that we need to be having for us, by us in our community that are going to help us heal and help us to be more self-aware and get us to a place where we are just walking. Like my goal in 2021 and beyond is just to be living in the most luxuriously healed and, and abundant life ever, okay? Ever. Ever. E-V-A, ever. And a part of that looks like me having come to Jesus moments and conversations and just being real. And I'm so glad that you and I connected because just doing this whole conversation around trauma, I'm, I'm gonna be honest with you. Um, I am a relationship blow upper. I have blown up several relationships and that's just my truth. I'm just gonna be honest with you. And that was one of the reasons why I, I'm like, I know it can't just be me. I know it can't be just me. That's coming from a place where we are just damaged in certain areas and it's showing up and manifesting in different ways. So let's go ahead and get started. Can you tell us for the people in the back, what, for the people in the back, what is trauma? Mm, I love this question. Trauma is an event or a series event of events that affect our mental, emotional, relational, physical, social, financial well-being, right? So Trauma is and can be anything. It is wildly personal, wildly personal. I have a twin sister and there are moments that came up in my own trauma therapy that she's like, that happened? <laughs> what? I, I have no clue what you're talking about. I don't even remember that mm -hmm. because trauma is not about what happened to you. It's about what you experienced. So maybe what happened was someone 
said, oh, look at your hair. What is you doing? Right? But what you experienced was rejection. Someone else would have received that in jest and been like, oh, yeah, girl, my hair's a mess. And someone else would have received that as, oof, I'm being rejected and embarrassed by you right now. So many times we invalidate the trauma we've experienced by comparing our response to it to somebody else's response. Well, that happened to her and she was fine. Everybody experiences that. You're not the only one, or those are the things that we hear people say to us, right? But the reality is they're not us. And it's not about the moment, it's about the moment and what it created in us, how it created negative perceptions about ourselves, about our value, about our relationships. It's about what we experience from the moment slash moments, because sometimes it's chronic. And I think in relationships, oftentimes it's a bunch of small moments, right? I like to uh, talk to my couples that I'm seeing, like trauma is not just like, oh, my husband screamed at me really loud and, and now my feelings are hurt. Sometimes it's just constant dismissal. Sometimes it's, hey, let's talk today. And your partner's saying, mm, I don't want to. That happening over and over and over and over again. Those small traumas can accumulate to the pain of a big trauma too. So, wow. <laughs> I told y'all, I wasn't ready for this conversation now. So I know that trauma is, it, it's personal, like you said, but how, how is it that it is, how does it become like trauma? Like, um, you said that one person, like, like, let's pretend you and me, you know, we're friends and we had the same thing happen to us, but you're like, you know what, whatever. And I'm just yeah. like, oh my God, I'm so embarrassed. or I'm so hurt or it makes me shrink. Or I just, I like hide, um, or speaking about relationships. I like kind of just be like, oh no, they're, you know, they don't like me now. So I'm just going to just disappear into the night and just not speak up again, or just something like that. Like, why does, how, how and why does that happen? And is that something that can be, because I have a daughter, is that, <laughs> so I'm hoping that I'm not creating this, like my traumas are being passed on to her. Like, how do you avoid that? Or how does that happen? Mm. Well, one, I, the way it happens and the way you know that you've experienced trauma is if you've ever said to yourself, I'm never going to blank again, you've experienced trauma. Because now the moment you've experienced you are now seeing the future through that lens, right? So if someone says, ooh, girl, I don't like that wig, what are you wearing? And then you go home and you say, no one's ever gonna talk about my wig again, <laughs> right? And then here you are on Alibaba and my first wig, trying to get the most, <laughs> <laughs> the most expensive lace, you know, silk lace wig you can get. And, and you're thinking like, oh, I just have a spirit of excellence. But where did that spirit of excellence come from? It came from a spirit of shame. And it came from a moment where someone called you out in such a small, culturally normal moment. And you're thinking to yourself, oh, it's not trauma, but it is. Because it starts in one area and it shows up in others, right? It may start with, oh, I'm going to have the nicest laid wig there is. And then it starts with, well, now you have a partner, I'm never going to let them see me upset. I'm never going to let them see me in a way that they can make fun of me. And then it's you with your kids saying, I'm never going to let my kids embarrass me, right? It takes one moment and it like, like an infection, truly, it just like spreads. 
to every area of your life. Let's, first, no one's going to judge me about my appearance, and no one's going to judge me about my work. They're, gonna, they're never going to judge me about my relationship. They're never going to judge me about, and it just, it just goes down the list. It just goes down the list. Hmm. That's pretty deep. I never really thought about it that way. So it just, so I can see how it would be personal. And I think this is one of the reasons why as a parent, I really, I'm, I'm not perfect, obviously, but I try my best, even though sometimes I'll want to like lash out for something. And I'm like, you know what, let me not say this either right now or say it at all or say it in such a way because I don't want to just because I've had some things said to me that definitely have left me traumatized and still feeling the effect yeah. to this day. I don't want to pass that on to her as much as I can possibly help it, you know, because I can see how it would be very personal. And then as it being personal, let's say you and I have the same trauma, pretending we were able to have the exact same trauma for you, it would yeah. show up like this and for me it would show up like this you know what I mean yes yep. yeah. so I can see and how that would be personal it's so important for us to remember that other people are not us because sometimes in the process of trying to protect people from experiencing the trauma that we've experienced we end up traumatizing them by treating them like they're not an individual mm -hmm. right like they have their own fears they have their own like truly I, my sister is the best example she don't remember not damn thing that hurt my feelings. She's like, who? I, who is that? And, and they said, what? And I'm, I'm like, then they said, <laughs> you know, and like for me, I'm like distraught and for, she just can't remember it, right? So I, I think, and it's important for us to realize everyone's traumatized. Mm -hmm. We're all going to be, it's what we do with it. Mm. Wow. It's what we do with it. So we're going to have to talk about just maybe a few coping skills that we can kind of pick up that can, and again, I know this is not necessarily, I mean, even though this is therapeutic and you're a therapist or in a counselor, it's, yeah. this is not like, I'm not having a therapy legit session with you. What'd you say? This is not therapy, y'all. Yes, but. <laughs> exactly. But I, I know that we, I want to ask you about some ways just to kind of if we were to start the process just to bring ourselves to a place of healing and being more mindful of, oh, you know what, this is a trigger for me and how do I kind of move through that? But let's get into just mm -hmm. like, like I said, I have blown up a few relationships. I'm not gonna sit here and tell on myself, but just know that I have. Um, yeah. So how does trauma show up in relationships and friendships? Mm. So, What's really interesting about the first question, the second question you asked is like one of the greatest preventative factors and predictors of resilience across all cultures is community. Our ability to recover from trauma in every single culture depends on community, right? So I wanna start with that and then I'll get to your second question. Trauma ruins, especially relationships, like, Trauma, relationships are the playground where trauma is played out, unveiled, received, perpetuated. All of our pain is relational pain. Even abandonment, even being forgotten, even being overlooked, all human pain is relational pain. Mm -hmm. Also, here's the thing, relational pain has to be healed relationally. You can't be broken in relationship be hurt in relationship, be traumatized in relationship, 
and then receive healing without relationship. And for most of us, the traumas that we have gave us these things called negative core beliefs, which are like these glasses, like these lenses through which we see the world. I always give people the example, like imagine the world is like true color and you get these negative core beliefs that are tinted like blue yellow. You put on these glasses and you're seeing the things around you, but the color and the tone of them are distorted through this lens that you're seeing, right? Maybe the lens is I'm not good enough. So every single time something goes wrong in your life, it's never about maybe someone made a mistake. It's not about maybe someone was tired and just couldn't go out. It's always about I'm not good enough, right? And that is the very beginning of self-sabotaging in relationships. We all have different negative core beliefs. And I personally, as a therapist, I have blown up several relationships, several, right? Because a lot of us, we're, we're trying to experience this sense of um, belonging. Mm-hmm. Like I think of like a little kid, like I have a two-year-old, almost three. And sometimes he like, will just look at me and like see a cup on the table and just like knock it over. And then he'll just be like, what are you gonna do now? You know, he'll just look at me. Mm-hmm. And what he's testing in that moment is like, how far does your love go for me? Mm. Like what, what thing is gonna stop you from, from showing up? What thing is gonna stop you? Like he's, he's speaking, he's testing the boundaries of my love and my protection, my affection and my positive guard, regard towards him. And I think a lot of us are, really traumatized kids Mm -hmm. adult bodies doing the exact same things in our friendships and our relationships saying what will make you stop loving me Mm. what will make you run away right and that's when things are going well we're like almost like itchy that's the best way I can put it we're almost like this is too good to be true I don't I don't know how to respond to this I don't know how to receive this but you know what I do know how to do you know know what I am wired for I'm wired for ruining things. And not because I want bad things to happen to me, but because it validates what? This negative core belief, this lens I have. Mm. And the world, even though it hurts me, feels safer when I can predict what's going to happen around me. Okay, so what do Gail Anderson, Oprah Winfrey, and Big Boy have in common? These are three people in media who back in the day showed me that my dreams were possible. These visionaries paved the way for me to take a huge chance on myself by sharing my voice in the podcasting space. Black representation in media didn't happen by chance. We had to fight for the right to be heard, to be seen, to share our stories, and to take up space. Imagine if you could have some of the power, richness, and depth of the Black experience in one curated space. You can The next generation of influential Black voices can be found on NPR's new collection, Black Stories, Black Truths. In the Black Stories, Black Truths collection, you'll hear stories of joy, resilience, and empowerment, as well as perspective of the culture in real time. Every episode is a living account about what it means to be Black today, told from a unique Black perspective. Conversations ranging from Abbott Elementary to mental health to Tracy Ellis Ross There is no limit to the range you will find on Black Stories, Black Truths. Stories should never be about us without us. Listen now to Black Stories, Black Truths from NPR, wherever you get podcasts. It's okay to be skeptical and to question things that don't quite sound true. Like the time that I was dating someone that was trying to earn cool points, so told me he liked every single TV show that I did, but then couldn't tell me any of the names of the characters on these shows he claimed to love. Like, seriously? 
If something seems too good to be true, do some digging before you invest your time, energy, or money. This is why when it comes to my health, I use Ritual because they know that every good skeptic deserves a multivitamin that exceeds our high standards. Their clinically backed essential for women 18 plus multivitamin has high quality traceable key ingredients in clean, bioavailable forms. These multivitamins are gentle on my stomach and are so easy for me to take. It's crucial that I trust what I'm putting into my body, so I love that Rituals Essential for Women is USP verified, which is a huge deal. No more shady business. Rituals Essential for Women 18 Plus is a multivitamin you can actually trust. Get 25% off your first month for a limited time at ritual.com forward slash self-care. Start Ritual or add Essential for Women 18 Plus to your subscription today. That's ritual.com forward slash self-care for 25% off. That's huge. Um, yeah, that <laughs> that makes complete sense. And I think I honestly have gotten to a place and I and this 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 year specifically, I'm really doing my best to try to foster like relationships and friendships and things like that because I know like first of all, for years I wasn't even really open relationships I wasn't even able to get to that place so it was very few and far between like who I would like trust either I would take a long time like I would push people away or I would just be really quick to be like oh that's my friend you know oh that's my friend literally had like one conversation oh that's my friend so it was like no in between you know what I'm saying that is what trauma does us exactly Trauma never makes ourselves enough. Like trauma always creates a hyper codependence on someone else's presence or it creates this hyper independence. And oftentimes there's not a middle because the middle is like where health is, right? Like I can rely on you to an extent, but still I'm an autonomous person with agency and I can operate within my own values. Trauma says, I will die without you. I need you all the time. I need your validation please don't leave me. And trauma also says for some of us, don't come near me. I cannot bear any more loss. I cannot bear any more disappointment. So leave me alone because even in this pain, it is predictable. And I'm okay with that predictableness, even if it means that I don't get to feel the thing I need to survive this world, which is love. I think that's <laughs> definitely like my trauma thing for relationships, talking about like intimate relationships mm. uh, is definitely, <clears throat> excuse me, definitely, I can't say definitely, definitely like um, me attaching to people that are just like, girl, you already know good and well, that's this situation is not what you want. It's not good for you, but I just show up in such a way where I'm just kind of like drawn to this these people that I know either they're they're not genuine they don't have my best interest at heart um they're not going to be the kind of person that I need so I'm noticing these patterns and I'm sure they're trauma-based based on how I was raised with an absent father so that's what a, abandonment and a, a mom who um obviously did the very best she could but there's definitely some friction and issues there um that were never addressed you know, that still are carrying over to this day. So um, I definitely take that with me into every single relationship that I try to forge, you know? Mm, yeah, yeah. And I, I wanna talk a little bit about the ways that our relationships with our parents play out 
in the ways that we develop friendships with intimate partners um, and just with, you know, friendships. Because what happens for us is oftentimes, and this is completely subconscious, this is not front of mind, this is not, all right, I'm, I'm about to go out here and do this thing. Oftentimes, we are reenacting, reliving these traumatic experiences we had as children in adulthood with these new people, right? It's like the same person, different face, right? That that somewhere under under there, not saying this is your exact situation, but I find oftentimes for so many people, it's like, I'm so drawn to these bad boys because something in my head tells me, well, maybe if I would have done more or been more, my dad would have stayed, mm-hmm. right? And so we find these people that, like, you know, are needing and in need of help, also in need of love, but people who are in need of help and we invest this energy in them, the energy we wish we could have invested into our parents, the convincing we wish we could have done to our parents who abandoned us rather physically, whether it's physically or emotionally. And we're constantly like pouring into these people, hoping that it'll change some, some part of how we experience the past, but, but it doesn't, right? And I see that a lot. Um, with fathers specifically in our community, um, though that's not an exhaustive response or, or um, explanation, something I also see that is really, really common is the connection between mother wounds and the ability to develop healthily attached friendships between women. For many of us, we learned for the first time how to interact with a woman through our mother or our mother figures. Mm-hmm. Because most of the time in our communities, our mothers were one woman shows. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. They were doing everything. And so oftentimes it was about survival and not about connection. They didn't have that luxury. Yes. And so now we grow up, we become adults, and what are we craving from other women? We're craving connection, but we don't know how to maintain it. Right? Because we are in these relationships as adults, almost trying to be reparented by our friends. like oftentimes the ways that our friends disappoint us like we're asking them to fulfill the needs that we never got from our mothers right I need you to always be there for me why didn't you pick Mm -hmm. up why did you choose this person over me why did you do this why did you like it's almost like we're we're sub and again it's subconscious we're not out here just like all right I'm about to go out here and ruin this friendship Mm-hmm. But for many of us, we're still long. Growing up as an adult does not make you any less in need of a mother. Mm. And oftentimes we, we convince ourselves that that's true. Mm-hmm. But our heart still has that need. So here we are engaging in these friendships. And it's not about, it's not about connecting to another autonomous, authentic person. Mm-hmm. It's about getting our inner childhood wounds touched and healed. Mm. And we don't realize why we need and why we demand so much from these friendships. We, I know, I know someone on this, on this call has experienced the complete and utter heartbreak of a friendship. Mm-hmm. Sure. I have had a friendship disintegrate in a way, it, as I've been married, I've had a friendship disintegrate in a way that has broken my heart more than a boy has. Mm-hmm. Mm. Just and utter loss and I knew I was like this is really sad that I'm losing a friend but I feel like I'm losing something else mm-hmm. I was losing all the things I thought that I 
would never get in a mother. And for a moment I had those things in a friend and then it felt like it was all ripped away. Yep. And for me, the responsibility was I had to resolve my trauma. Mm-hmm. Because mm-hmm. that person never asked to be my mother. Girl, what? Yes, <laughs> that is so true. Like, wow. Just sitting with that for a moment is just like nothing but truth. Yeah. But I, I know for a fact that I have done the same. And you're right to have that, like, it, and then when people disappoint you because they're not quote unquote measuring up to your standards of what you think a perfect friend or friendship should be. Yeah. Um, it, it's so much responsibility sometimes if you don't have that healthy balance that we can end up putting on people that they, and they never signed up for that. There's only so much that we can put on someone, on someone's shoulders. You know what I mean? So I love everything that you said, because that is like so true. So I have that a was, quick question. Yes, ma'am. Hey, what's your name? So, Caitlin. Hi, everyone. Oh, hey, Caitlin. Hi, I am a senior at Grambling in Louisiana. Um, so I graduate this semester, and my question is, hearing all of this and um, knowing just how much trauma I have experienced in my short 21 years, um, how do I go about like really discovering myself since I am about to graduate and I really, I don't really have a plan in motion, um, but that is born out of the self-doubt and just, and I know that comes from trauma and everything, but how do I go about like learning myself and healing while learning myself? Mm, yeah. I think that, first of all, thank you for, for speaking up and asking that question. This isn't like the cute, pretty answer. I think that healing and learning yourself comes from living life really slowly. Like just having incredible downtown, downtime. I think the greatest, the greatest transformation I've experienced in my life has always been when I was pregnant because it was the only time that God literally had to force me to slow down. <laughs> like my ankles, my ankles were like swole, swole. Like I couldn't even get up. I was on bed rest, you know, for several months, but I realized when I had nothing to do, all the things that needed to come out just had the time to rise to the surface. And many of us have been convinced that we're living, but really we are silently coping with the traumatic things that have happened to us and when we stop moving, we realize that we haven't even had a capacity to figure out how to truly live because we've just been responding to these things that we don't want to look at. Mm, that's powerful. I, If I can add as a non-therapist, but really for me, it's just kind of similar, just getting to that place where I'm just being still and having conversations with myself. Like I legit talk to myself. I'll ask myself questions that are meant to help kind of grow me or really learn about more about who I am as a person, my likes, dislikes, my beliefs and things like that. Um, And focus more on just being, you know what I'm saying? And not trying to do all the things where you're so busy that you don't even have time, number one, to commune with God. And number two, you can't even commune with yourself to really identify who you are. You're doing all of the things. And your mind's going a mile a minute, right? Yeah. I wanted to, to jump back really quickly to what Vanita said. So Vanita is yeah. a fellow Christian counselor as well. Okay. She said, she essentially was saying that it's about moving slowly. 
I think that the desire to heal quickly is also a result of trauma. Like the desire to just get it over with and hurry up and make it happen. I'm a therapist and I've been in therapy for eight years, right? The things that we experience in childhood are gonna unfold, unfold in your future in ways that you can't prepare for right now. Because mm. maybe you're not married yet. Or maybe you're not at the job you're going to be at that's going to trigger something. Or maybe you haven't had a child yet. Or maybe your child hasn't hit adolescence. And when they hit adolescence, something's going to pop up, right? It's, it really is a journey. And it's a slow journey. And I love teaching people about the pieces of the journey to be aware of. But I never want to fool someone into thinking, if you sit down and do your homework and figure out your negative core belief and your positive core belief and this and that, then like, boom, you're healed, right? Because a lot of living has to be done to experience healing. And learning about healing is different than walking in healing. And many of us are at the stage where we're learning about it, but we're still figuring out how to walk in it. And like there's, um, my brother-in-law was teaching me the other day about how there's seven stages to like walking for kids, for toddlers. And I think that's true of healing. There's seven stages. Like there's a stage where all you can do is stand up and wobble. <laughs> you know and like there's a stage where you take one step and you fall down and you take one step and you fall down there's a stage where you're running but when you run too fast and you hit a wall and you fall like we have to remember that like it's actually a really slow process and we have to be okay with the level of surrender that comes from it being as slow as it is mm, mm, mm. that is a word because we have this microwave mentality we want it all now like amazon if you can't have it here on if i can't get my healing primed then i don't want it yeah. right yep yeah it doesn't work that way yeah it doesn't and, and it really does i love how you said that um let me see if there's any more questions does anyone else thank you for caitlin for hopping on and and being open to sharing with us that's what this is all about oh let's see we're gonna make sure that Kobe gives us her information definitely before she before she leaves. Absolutely. Um, Thank you guys for answering the question. Um, and one more, are we gonna have a second part? <laughs> Kobe and I were talking about that. Um, we'll get back to you and let you know. <laughs> if she wants, I I would hope that she would because I this conversation is just like a scratching the surface kind of thing so um i'll definitely try to convince her to come back for a part two for us that would be dope um does anyone else have any questions while we are on we have a few more minutes and i want to make sure that um nakia what you got i'm calling on nakia nakia because she was like listen what are we doing here yeah, I did. I didn't have a question. It was just right before we got on the Zoom meeting. I was I was talking to my best friend. And I'm actually going through a really rough breakup right now, like three days in. And and I was telling her, sis, I appreciate you just um, sitting with me in this because when she got on the phone, she was like, "Hey," and you know she was doing all that, and I was like, "Hey," and and she stayed with me and until I you know livened up a little bit, and I said, "Sis." you know, where I said what Kobe said, I was like, oh, that's confirmation. Um, but I said, this is, this is a slow process for me. And I said, I know it doesn't look like it, but every day going forward, I'm just surrendering a little bit more. And so it really resonated with me 
um, when she repeated that just now, because I'm like, that's that's what it feels like. That's what healing feels like is is one step at a time. It's a slow process. It's a little bit more um, of you relinquishing control Mm -hmm. of what you would have had happen. Um, So this has just been y'all. I'm glad I was on mute because, yeah, this (laughs) is this has just been um, this has just been a blessing. And it's it's been a part of my journey um, Mm -hmm. to walking in freedom. So. Thank y'all for just your time and your obedience. God bless you. Yes. Appreciate that. Well, thanks for that, Janakia. Um, So we're past the hour and I know we need to wrap this up. Even though conversations like this, they're just life-changing and we need more of them. So Kobe, I know people are going to want to hop in your inbox, see how they can work with you, follow you on Instagram, keep up with you, sis. How can we find you? And also tell us about your podcast too and anything that you might be, like if you have a workshop happening soon or anything like that, let, give us every, just give us everything. We need it all. Yeah, so thank you guys so much. First of all, for tuning in. It's always a little surreal to think that people want to hear me talk. Um, so my Instagram is Healing Circle Podcast. No D, just Healing Circle Podcast. Um, And from there, you can find the Instagram for my private practice that I have here in Charlotte, but I do virtual therapy as well. My husband and I have the Healing Circle podcast, which is why that's my handle. And we're working on season three on getting that together, um, getting the baby settled, and then we can do that. Um, Once a month, I've been doing these workshops called the How to Heal Workshops. And essentially, it is a workshop that is like this on Zoom. And um, People like Nakia show up and we can chat and talk and you can take yourself off mute for a little bit if you want to, or you can put in the chat box. Um, And it's really about talking about these bits and pieces of trauma, because sometimes you just need these little pieces to make it a little more digestible so we can take, go back, learn, and then be ready for the next step. Also, sometimes therapy can be intimidating and inaccessible, right? Um, And so the goal is to make it more accessible to make it easier to digest and to mitigate the risk of you being in a room with a stranger that you get to be in the comfort of your home and learn the way you want to rewatch it when you want to. So I have the how to heal workshops as well. And then uh, obviously I just do speaking engagements and training. So if you would love to work with me, I would love to work with you. All right. And so I am back. I'm telling you that conversation that we had in February was life-changing that conversation was everything like everything healing is so important healing is so important and um it's definitely a process it's definitely a journey it definitely takes kind of like some some clarity and understanding so you know what you're working with what what you're up against what you're dealing with and I realized that for me healing is important because without it it, like, it affects everything, my mindset, my beliefs, how I feel about myself, how I feel about and relate to other people. Um, if I'm stagnant with the goals, like if I'm even setting goals and trying to hit them or not hitting them and why and am I sabotaging myself and, excuse me, I have the hiccups. Like it, it's just all, it, every it's all just connected. It's all just connected. And I know that as we, you know, are trying to elevate ourselves and elevate our lives we gotta heal we gotta heal we gotta make space we gotta make room to heal we've gotta be vulnerable it takes vulnerability to to heal 
got to kind of open yourself up and be open to it um, and not closed off. And it's hard because sometimes the things that we experience and the things that we go through are just so hard. They're just so hard. And they linger. And um, healing can be a, 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 a huge, a huge job, a huge task. But, you know, like they say, we've got to grow through or go through what we want to grow through or grow through what we want to, what we need to go through or whatever the saying is, you know what I'm talking about. But yeah, that conversation with Kobe was, it was everything. So I hope that you were able to, you know, to, to glean some insight from that as you're kind of thinking about areas in your life that may need a little, a little healing, a little TLC. And, um, if and when I have a part two with her, I will definitely, definitely make sure to do another live event. And that way you can join, you know, be on that live event um, and get the full conversation. Get the full conversation, okay? All right. So with that said, I, I hope again that this episode has been helpful for you. Um, Again, I will um, leave the link if you'd like to join Brown Girl Society to be a part of more conversations like this that we have on a regular basis with like-minded black women. And um, with that said, I will just go ahead and, and release you with love. I hope that you have an amazing week. And um, I will see you on the next episode of the Brown Girl Self-Care Podcast.